Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today I am so excited because we are talking to Kelsey from Exceptional Elementary and she's going to be talking all about becoming a BCBA. Currently she is in grad school becoming a BCBA and getting her master's in special education. So we're just going to get right into the episode. All right everyone I'm here with Kelsey from Exceptional Elementary. Do you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes um, so I'm Kelsey Smith and I'm a current grad student um, but, and also run Exceptional Elementary in the spare time. Um, I'm in grad school right now for my master's in early childhood special ed and my um, ABA endorsement as well. And before that, I taught for four years in an elementary school. Awesome. And what was your teaching experience like? Were you self-contained, inclusion? Yes. So my first year I was at one school and it was an inclusive kindergarten setting. And then the last three years um, I was with our students with like more significant special needs in the building um, in like a hybrid inclusion, self-contained model. <laughs> kind of. Awesome. So I brought Kelsey on today because I wanted to talk about her experience deciding to go to grad school and get her BCBA because they get so many questions about it. So do you want to just kind of talk about how you made that decision to pursue your BCBA? Yes, absolutely. I when I initially began teaching, when I so when I graduated undergrad, um, I had a teaching degree, and I figured I would probably want to go back to school at some point. I loved the classroom, but I thought eventually I would want to do a job in schools that was outside of just one individual classroom. And so it was always kind of my plan to go back for something related to the field. Um, and then I first started teaching, really loved it, really loved schools, really loved working in schools, really loved um working in special education in schools. And so um, I did that for four years and then started to kind of think about what my next steps would be or what I would want to do next. Um, and getting my BCBA just felt like a pretty logical next step. Um, I It didn't cheat, but I somewhat cheated in that I'm going back to where for my master's where I also completed my undergrad. And so I was pretty familiar with the program. Um, they told us a lot about it in undergrad. They always were mentioning like, you should, you can come back anytime. And so I kind of had that in my head as an option. Um, and then the BCBA program I'm doing is a master's in early childhood special ed with an endorsement in ABA with my license. So that's almost secondary to the master's I'm getting. And so I chose that program specifically because um, even if I don't go work as a BCBA, when I'm done, I'll still have this master's in education um, and be able to use that and then be able to use all the skills I'm learning as a behavior analyst. I think there's a lot of ways those are, would be very, very helpful to use, even if I took not necessarily a traditional BCBA role, but took more of like a coaching role in a school. And so that was kind of how I made that choice. It just made a lot of sense to me and seemed like it would be a good option. 
That's awesome. So it's part of your graduate program. So are there a lot of extra classes that you have to take or is it kind of all woven into the classes that you would have to take for your master's? So I'm in the early childhood special education track and um, the number of extra classes it requires depends on the track that you're in. But for my track, it's only two extra classes. And then the other ones are just um, part of the core coursework anyway. I think some of the other programs, it might be three extra classes. I don't think it's more than four for anybody. Gotcha. So if a teacher was looking at getting their master's, it might just be a few extra classes that they would take to get this additional certification on top of their master's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my understanding of it. And part of getting your BCBA is doing your supervision hours. So can you talk about a little about what you're doing for your supervision hours or any types of placements that you would like to be placed in during your supervision hour period? Yeah. And so our supervision hours, um, we do during the program and we do two semester long internships. Um, and one of the internships is at a campus run, like a student run clinic. And so students run all the ABA therapy with families under the supervision of a BCBA. Clearly we still have to be supervised, but it's really neat in that it is student run and that you're not working for like a private company or an external company. Um, so you just, we have a little bit more um, freedom and autonomy to make decisions and um, get a lot of really good practice um, with all the things that we're learning. It's awesome. Um, and so that'll be one of the semesters. And then in our second semester internship, um, we're typically placed in some kind of a private clinic or setting um, to do ABA therapy, either at a center or in home or things like that. Gotcha. Oh, so what class, what ABA classes are you taking this semester? Okay, right now I'm in experimental analysis of behavior. Um, it's like old school. We Our textbook is the 1979 um, textbook called Learning. And then I'm also taking, um, I don't even honestly know the title of this class. That's terrible. But it's a classroom management class, but it's really it's really not a classroom management class. It's really a behavior change class. Um, and it, we, it's when we read the Cooper textbook um, and we learn about FAs and, you know, skills training and delay tolerance and all of those things. So those are my, those are my two ABA classes this semester. Are you liking them so far? I am. They're a lot of fun. Um, I actually really like the experimental analysis of behavior class and I've been warned that people don't always enjoy it, but we train a virtual rat and all sorts of things. And so um, it's, it's actually been really interesting. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. So what is one thing that you would recommend to a teacher who is thinking about getting their BCBA? Do you think that it's been a helpful path for you? Do you, do you already see yourself being able to use this in a classroom if you were to go back to the classroom? Yes, absolutely. Hands down. I think my undergrad program had a pretty heavy emphasis on behavior, um, which was excellent because I think special education teachers need that. And then um, I've been surprised, honestly, by how much I've learned just in one semester of this master's program about, I thought I knew a lot about behavior and behavior principles as a teacher, um, and I've learned so much in the last three months that I didn't know about before. So definitely pretty helpful stuff for working with kids and families um, and working with adults. I mean, behavior change applies to everybody. <laughs> we often talk about it in the terms of like autism or developmental disability realm, but it's 
also applicable to training your staff or your parents or kind of anyone that you need to um, change their behavior and help them learn something new. And so lots of helpful things and just a lot of really good tools that um, I think could apply to lots of kids, lots of students, just having a better idea about how you could actually help a kid or what to do when you, um, I think as a classroom teacher, I wanted to go back to school because often I felt like I was at the end of my resources with a kid. Like I would try my one or two really good behavior-based ideas. And if they didn't work, I was like, I'm all out. I don't know what to do next. And then I felt like I ran into that situation pretty frequently, honestly, as a classroom teacher of children with more significant challenging behavior. And after this semester, I think I just would hopefully not hit the end of my like knowledge of like, I'm not sure what to try next nearly as quickly. I feel like I have a much better idea of more things you could try, more things you could go back and retry or why things hadn't worked in the past. Awesome. And your, your program is a full-time program, right? Did you make mm-hmm. the decision to go into a full-time program because it was the program that was offered based on where you went to undergrad or were you also looking at some programs that were more part-time where you can still teach at the same time? I actually made the choice full-time because of funding. And so um, I'm on a training grant from uh, my program that is um, actually like funded by the government, by the U.S. I think Department of Ed. I'm not sure. And so it had to be full-time in order to get the funding because um, part of my hours as well come from working in a research lab for my advisor who is a BCBA. And so I do my supervised hours in those two internships, but I also do about 20 hours a week for my research lab. Um, that also counts. And so that is, I think, why I chose full-time, honestly, was the, when I looked at it and ran the numbers, it just made a lot more sense for me. And I didn't have to move anywhere. Like, it's the local program. Um, and it's sad to not be in the classroom, but I've also really enjoyed being able to just fully dive into learning full-time um, and not have to juggle both because it would be very difficult. I, mean, I know teachers do it, and like, that is great and amazing, but I've enjoyed the chance to just be a student again and only focus on the things that I'm learning. And I had the opportunity to do that. That's such a good point that you bring up is the funding point of it. A lot of full-time programs for those of you um, that have started to look into programs, there are a lot of programs that if you go full-time, there is funding available. So it's usually through a grant that the department has, or maybe a specific professor in the program has a grant to, to have trainees underneath them in their research lab. So that if you if finances is something that you're thinking about as a barrier to potentially going back to school, know that a lot of graduate programs and PhD programs do offer funding. So definitely ask around, email some of the program directors and just see what kind of funding is available to students. Because like you said, um, at your school, you do some research hours in exchange essentially for funding, right? So that's how a lot of the programs work is that you get essentially paid quote unquote to do research for them or do some sort of work in a clinic or a lab or something like that in exchange for funding towards your tuition and um, etc like when i was getting my phd uh, my tuition was fully funded 
85% of my healthcare was funded and I was also given a stipend to live off of. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I don't think a lot of people know is that there, this is something that's available and a lot of people choose part-time to keep their teacher salary and mm -hmm. you're by no means making a teacher salary with the student stipend that you get, but it is something to think about. It's not that you're just putting yourself through school with no funding whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, exactly it. So if you're interested, I'm at Peabody at Vanderbilt, and there's a lot of really awesome funding opportunities. So check into that one. It's a great program. I would really recommend it. And I will work for part of my funding, since it is a training grant, um, I will work for four years after I, not for Vanderbilt, just work in the field of special education for four years um, as part of my funding conditions. And so sometimes they're done that way too. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you said that you're doing research as part of your funding. Do you want to talk a little bit about the research that you get to do? I am. So I wish I had a, a better answer for this, but COVID has really put a dent this semester in our research lab. Um, we have a university pre-K, an inclusive pre-K and um, child center on site. And so typically the early childhood program conducts our research with those students in that school. Um, and so my lab typically is there from 12 to 2 every day working with students, um, helping out. And then if students fit a study we're doing, we um, have participants ready and, you know, we can work with them. And so usually we have a lot of different studies going on. We aren't able to get into that school this semester um, because of COVID restrictions. And so we right now are just gearing up to launch two studies that will start in January um, about and we'll just enroll participants in those because as long as we enroll them separately, we'll meet all of our COVID rules and it's safer um, instead of just having more adults in the school building. And so what we've been doing now is a lot of prep work to get ready for these studies that'll launch. Um, one study is about teaching children to imitate. One study is about the use of constant time delay that will launch in January, um, hopefully is the plan. And then as well, what we're doing now is just pretty extensive lit reviews um, and lots of article coding um, in the meantime for some previous projects. Been doing a lot of graphs, been doing a lot of research articles. I, um, we're trying to look for any article across any of the major journals from 2011 until today that um, is a single case article about ch children below the age of nine with disabilities. And so have been in the literature a lot. Um, we're doing Java this week, so it's been a good chance to, which is Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, and so it's been a good chance to just kind of at least skim some of the research. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's something that we don't really emphasize a lot when we're talking about grad schools is the emphasis on research. And especially if you're going to go get your BCBA, there typically will have to take a single case research design class eventually. And part of that would be like diving into the research. Typically, you have to write either like a mock proposal or demonstrate that you understand the concepts of research in some way. And if you're going full-time, a lot of times you'll work in a research lab. And that's one of the things I love the most about grad school and why I pursued my PhD was because I love doing research so much mm -hmm. and pursue, like furthering our field. It's so amazing to see that like you can be part of the research that is disseminated and really helps our students for when teachers are struggling with something in the classroom, they can go to the research and look for answers. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really exciting. We, um, as part of my program, will actually conduct our own studies, and I'll be doing my own thesis um, 
starting next summer. So that's exciting, but um, feels far away right now, but it'll be here very soon. <laughs> yeah, doing a thesis is like, it, it can be really intimidating, but it can also be like really fun at the same time. And um, just like knowing that you are furthering the field in some way is just a really cool feeling and a really great way to contribute to our field. And in the future, your study could get published and other teachers in their classrooms could be reading it and figuring out problems in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. It is. It's really neat. Um, I really enjoy the research part of it. And so I'm, I'm glad to be in a program that has such an emphasis on that. Right. And sometimes the uh, part-time programs, because part-time is also an option for a lot of BCBA certifications. So if you don't have a master's yet, you can do like an online master's program and do the BCBA at, like as a part of that and do it all part-time. But if you already have your master's, you might just want to go back and get the certification part-time as well. Those programs don't typically have such a heavy emphasis on research because you are a part-time student. But if you are interested in research, I would definitely check out a full-time program so that you do get immersed in a lot of that. And there's already labs at a lot of these programs set up for you to dive right into their research and then start to form your own research ideas for your thesis off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you also mentioned um, that you, when you were in the classroom, you sometimes you kind of ran out of ideas to to work with students, or you felt like you didn't you didn't have something to pull from. Is there anything that you're doing while you're in grad school to kind of collect a bank of resources? Or um, I know that you share a lot on Instagram. Is that kind of like your archive of everything that you're learning in grad school? It kind of is, but I honestly, this semester has been so hard to keep it up with. I think I've just been staring at screens too much because most of what we're doing is virtual. And so I'm hoping to pick up my Instagram a little bit <laughs> more soon. Um, I take really good notes on my iPad, <laughs> try to keep it all there. I'm not naturally the most organized person. And so um, I'm working on my bank, but it is just honestly, it's not, it's not organized right now. It's still just all kind of in my head across all the textbooks. All that's sorts. okay. You definitely have time to like kind of create a resource bank. Um, that's could be something else that people do while they're in grad school, just so that, you know, if they ever go back to the classroom, um, they have that bank of resources to pull from. So I want to thank you so much for coming on to this podcast and just explaining a little bit about what it's like being grad school and what it's like getting your BCBA and how you made your decision to do that. I know that you're active over on Instagram. Do you want to just, again, share what your Instagram name is and anything else that you have going on that you would want our listeners to know about? Yeah, come check it out. Exceptional Elementary is my Instagram handle. It's on Facebook as well. Um, send me a message. I'm always happy to chat with people. And seriously, if anyone's interested in my specific program, feel free to message me. Um, cannot say enough great things about it. Um, I really didn't look into much else, so I can't tell you a ton about other programs and other schools, but I'm um, happy with my choice and always happy to talk with you and reach out and connect with other teachers. I um, love the field of ABA and love the field of special education. And so um, it's always really fun to connect with people that have that same interest. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on and maybe we'll have you back next year or something along those lines when you are further along in the program. So you can talk about anything else that you're learning or what the last steps are to getting your BCBA. All right. Thank you so much. It was really fun. 
All right, so that's all that we have for you today. I want to thank Kelsey for coming on the podcast. It was so great listening to her talk about what it's like to become a BCBA and what her experience has been like in grad school so far. If you are interested in becoming a BCBA and you have more questions, feel free to message me over on Instagram at Teaching Behavior Together. I'd be happy to answer any of your questions. I know the process can be somewhat confusing, but make sure you go listen to the previous episode as well where I talk all about the steps to take in order to become a BCBA and I'm so glad that we got to hear from someone who's getting their BCBA right now. I hope this episode was helpful and if you liked it, if you would give this podcast a rating or review, that would help other teachers find this podcast and potentially spark their interest in becoming a BCBA as well. Thank you again for listening and have a great rest of the day.